You can admit it. No hard feelings. You hate me and I know it. My main question to you is why, though? I just want to borrow a moment of your time, and then you can go on hating me. You hate me when I didn't ask to be here. You stole me and others like me from our homes to build your nation. You treat us like cattle, but unlike cattle, we had more to offer. When I say offer, I really mean that we had more to take from us. You demanded our work, our blood, and our sweat from our men while taking the milk from the breast of our women. You took their preciousness while treating the offspring of this theft like bastards. After taking all that we had, you still hate me. After our freedom was done, our hopes of being treated as humans were quickly dashed as mass terrorists kidnapped and tortured us. While my brothers hung from trees with the privates cut off, you had the nerve to take pictures with your children smiling in the background. In the few instances where we thrived, your hatred grew larger. In closed rooms, you passed laws that read as separate but equal, which turned out to be separate in the meaning. When Martin and Malcolm writhed up, you inflamed the fire that led to their deaths. After beating us with billy club while your dogs tore into our flesh, you still hate me. After reaching what widely believed the mountaintop, you let a man who was more qualified to be a convict become your savior. He stands on the world stage and blames us and others like us for the condition of the country. You stand by while videos of our sons are being killed by our so-called protectors. You comfort yourself by saying that we must have done something to be shot with our hands up. Even when one of your daughters loved me, you push her away in disgust while showing off pictures of your so-called mulatto baby. Even after the years of indirectly controlling our lives, you still hate me. Please tell me how you can hate the person you cheer on the field, do the job for job for you, do the job that you feel are beneath you, and steal their culture from. Just to let you know, America's music is jazz. You must have forgotten that we created that, not you. You know what? Fuck it. I don't even care why you hate me anymore. I just know that we have survived all that you have done to us. In the near future, you will be the minority. And those like us will be the majority standing in the middle of the road, quoting Nasir Jones. You can hate me now. Welcome back. This is your man D Money Direct D Nice, or just simply D. Back for another episode of Straight Talk No Chaser. So what you just heard was just kind of some things that I've I've written, thought about, but bring us to the point of where we're at today. This episode is really gonna be talking about what's been going on, man, with this whole Black Lives Matter and everything that's been going on this whole past six seven months here um first and foremost i would throw this disclaimer i'm not i'm not a professional i'm not a uh uh phd holder i'm just speaking from my experience and for my friends colleagues that disagree with what i have to say on this subject it's cool because 
I have to look at it. I always look at it for what we say from the viewpoint of being a son of a veteran and a brother of a veteran. They sacrifice their lives, their home lives, their everything to serve our country, to be able for allow us to have that freedom of speech that's protected by the Constitution. So you may disagree with what I got to say. You may not think that I'm speaking from the heart, wherever the case may be, but we 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 have that room to disagree. And but the only thing I ask is that if you really truly disagree, be able to be honest and be able to have that conversation with me. Don't blow me off, don't block me, don't do all this other stuff. Because ultimately, hey. My viewpoint is going to be different from your viewpoint. I may be able to learn from yours. You may be able to learn from mine. But if you want to have that right, you want to stand up and say, I have that right to my first, my right to speech and all this stuff. Also understand that we have to right to have that disagreement. That your way is not solely the right way. My way is not solely the right way. But then also we, we in order for us to get past all this stuff, we have to have this conversation. So that's my disclaimer. Just got to throw that out there because some people just like, uh, in their feelings about this topic. And let's just be honest, people. This year, it's almost like a, a spin cycle of repeat where we see George Floyd being suffocated to death for what reason? Who knows? Uh, we've seen people running away getting shot in the back we've seen people walking and opening up a corridor getting shot in the back we've had people you know sleep in their home getting killed and the one common denominator in these these have all been people of color more fact, they've all been black folk and for all the people who don't really understand that want to sit here and say black lives matter group is a terrible organization let me, can I just throw this out here for those people who are on that level of a terrorist organization? Is that I need y'all to look up a terrorist organization in Webster's Dictionary or look up a terrorist. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's, let's look it up. Because I don't foresee, I don't think that what you're trying to say is a terrorist organization because they are out there protesting the fact that African Americans are being killed for nothing. I mean, let's just call it what it is. You want to sit here and say that they had criminal histories or we don't know what's really going on. But speaking as a black man, African-American man, I'm 38 years old. Out of those 38 years of my life, I can probably count to up to the age of 10 where I didn't know that this was that this was an issue. But I digress. Let's let's just talk about let's let's see what they say for a terrorist. A person who uses unlawful violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. Adjective. That first one was a noun. Unlawfully using violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in pursuit of political terrorist organization. 
So, and I apologize, y'all, my phone just kind of going off there, but we'll think about that. Are Black Lives Matter, these groups of political activists, are, are they going out there creating acts of violence? Are they killing people? Are they out here using intimidation to change the Constitution? Are they doing anything that would disrupt the government to the point that the government fails? Are they doing anything up to the point where that they have to have an armed response from our military? I'm just throwing it out there because if they are, please show me these examples. Show me these examples where they are out here doing these things. And on the same path, are you going to sit here and say that these protesters are in the same line as Al-Qaeda, ISIS, um, some other, you know, you know, terrorist organizations out there that have bombed people? You know, are they like the IRA? Are they like uh, parts of Hezbollah? You know... Are they part of, like, the cartels? I mean, because when I think of terrorists, I think of those groups, those people who have actually gone out and murdered and killed people, innocent people, just to prove a point. But the last time I checked, yes, there may have been some riots, there may have been some property damage, but are they warrantingly out here killing people to prove a political point? No. Because that was the case then wouldn't you think there would be, even if it's in the United States, there would be some type of uh, action against that. But, honestly speaking, no. But then again, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about some other terrorist organizations. Well, let's talk about this. Could the KKK be labeled a terrorist organization? They exalted their political will by killing us making laws that would be against us, make us secondary humans outside of having our freedom. But I digress. But I just have to ask those people who are saying that Black Lives Matter are t- terrorist organizations, just rethink this. Just, kind of, just show me some examples of them being terrorist organizations. But my experience as an African-American male at the age of 38 in the year 2020 I realized that this situation with African Americans getting beat and killed by the police has been on a repeat cycle whether it's brought up in the news or not my first experience was watching Rodney King in 1992 getting the shit beat out of him by police officers four police officers where they were just staging off and beating the shit out of this dude. And they found these four officers not guilty. It was in their right to beat the shit out of this dude. 28 years later, that incident for me has been repeated over and over and over again. To the sense it's like, okay, so boom. I can get pulled over as a black man driving my own car not breaking a law and be forced to answer questions of who I am where I come from what I'm doing what I have in my car 
and ultimately that may lead up to my death. Even sadder is that it, that was maybe a fluke. Okay, maybe because it was on video, blah, 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 blah. But it's been repeated time and time again where we have been killed on tape. Killed on tape. It's video evidence. And that the perpetrators don't go to jail or prosecute because they're police officers. Unless they've been shown, unless they've been taken, say, you know what, that's, a, that's an extreme job. People are under a lot of stress. Da 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 da. Okay, granted. I'm not going to knock any man out there who's willing to put their life on the line to save and protect the life of others. But let's take this a little bit further here. You have people that will want me. It's always the case where if there's a crime committed, and they're not sure who the suspect was. It's a black or brown person. Nine times out of ten, it's a black person. Um, first thing that comes to mind is the Susan Smith thing here in South Carolina, where she drowned her babies because she was cheating on her husband and she wanted out the marriage. She said a black man carjacked her and took off with the kids. Or the woman in the park where the guy was like, hey, just put your dog on a leash. I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to tell a black man that's harassing me. So hang your hat on that for those, for those of those who don't understand the whole reason why we're upset. It's because look at it. Every time there's something wrong that there's, I want to, I don't, I want to have a, I want to have a perpetrator out there. I'm gonna use a black person because why? Where did that? Where did that? Where did that picture of us being criminals, being dehumanized, and all this stuff? Where did that come from? Now, granted, you might have the argument. Yeah, that we have gangs and we sell drugs. Yeah, that's in every part of society. You can't tell me that there's no white people out there that don't sell meth or crack or sniff cocaine. Um, you can't say that you know black on black crime is such a it's a, a it's an issue that needs to be tackled on. We need to tackle that first before we can tackle. Well, you know what? Every snapped, unresolved, un, un, you know, unresolved, unsolved mysteries, or you know those little detective shows. Um, I'm say to say this, but 95 percent of y'all are white too. Out here killing people for insurance money and shit. And, throwing the bodies in the rivers and shit. So don't jump on the black on black crime if you ain't gonna address which has now been called white on white crime, it's just called crime. So black on black crime is a is is a myth. It's just crime, people. It's just crime. But once again, we are the perpetrators. And it's like okay, so boom. We went from being your property which, once again, there's an argument. Well, nobody today has ever owned slaves. Okay, yes, we're, you're right. Nobody, nobody today has owned a slave. Not that we know of. But what we're talking about is, you know, basically the country was built on the backs of slaves. You have prospered from slave ownership. Almost in the same sense as now that they're not slaves, but a lot of America is still being built or being carried on on the backs of immigrants. People who came to America for a better life, but now 
you have a you have a president so against them, but you want to rage against rage against the machine, talking about they don't need to be here, but they're doing the job that you or something that you and I do not want to do. When was the last time even one of us went out there and picked strawberries? Not for just oh it's in season, but how many times we've we gone out and picked strawberries, cucumbers, tobacco, and all this other stuff because we had to because we had to make a living. Let's just just throwing that out there. So, America was built on the backs of slaves. We got our quote-unquote freedom after the Civil War. And then, instead of saying, hey, I can't own you as property, I'm going to make your life a living hell. I'm going to institute laws and practices that make you second-rate citizens. I'm going to scare you to vote. We're going to say, hey, we need you to know how to read to vote. Knowing that you forbade us to learn how to read because knowledge is freedom. We're, we're, we're going to look at that. And then after that, after civil rights action, okay, so now we can't do it legally. We can't treat you like a second citizen. But what we can do is we can organize a system that it works against you in every other way possible. We're not going to give you that loan. We're not going to allow you to live here. We're going to Make it so that we can undercoverly discriminate you and nobody can say anything because you have to go through so many jumps and hoops, which you already know that we are not going to do based upon the years of suppression that you've already put into us. So for all these people that seem like this is just a whim and this is something that the media is going, just, just take that into consideration, all this. And now we're in this repeat cycle of people are dying for simple offenses. Or simply not an offense for nothing, just for being a considerable, considered as a threat. Let's talk about Trayvon Martin here. 17 year old kid minding his business and you had A plus security here who wasn't even security walking around thinking I'm, I'm the cock of the block and I'm going to protect my neighborhood protect what? the dude was walking home with skills now I wasn't there nobody else was there except for those two people I can hypothesize that Trayvon Martin Martin was beating this dude's ass, and then at that point in time, he feared for his life and shot him. But all before that, oh, I think he's suspicious. I need to stop him. You're not the law. Young man's dead. The little boy in Ohio had a toy gun. Tragic as it sounds. This has happened ever since. What I remember hearing about it way back in you know. The reason why your guns got changed from being realistic to having the orange tips and looking all crazy. Okay, but who comes up and shoots a 12-year-old boy first and asks questions later? Even the 911 dispatcher said it's more than likely a fake gun. You know, first and foremost, who calls the cops on a little boy out there playing in the park with a toy gun? I mean, I grew up my life on a military base. We had toy guns. We would go out here and emulate what our, our parents did. Play war. 
but how did that happen? How did the man standing on the block selling loose cigarettes, which I get it's a crime, I mean, is that something to die over? No. It is something to die over when I tell the officer, hey, I do have a gun, I have a concealed weapon, and I just want to show you this and get shot without even damn being able to show his license or anything. Just immediately killed. Oh, Breonna Taylor. No knock warrant. So I'm not I'm not law enforcement. If you're in law enforcement and you've done these warrants, please feel happy to reach out to me. But if it's no knock warrant, the whole intention for you to do a no knock warrant is for you to know not notify yourself because you feel like this is such a high intense issue that you need the element of surprise to roll up and catch these people so for those people who don't agree with this or say that that those officers should not be charged can I ask y'all a question you're home sleeping in your bed you want to use your you know, early morning because once again they're doing it with the the intent of surprise so say 5 6 o'clock in the morning 3 o'clock in the morning whatever it's dark outside and you hear somebody breaking your door down and you live in this area well we'll say if living in the high crime area or not you hear somebody breaking your door down. You have you have the right to carry a gun. You have a weapon in your house. What are you going to do? Are you going to wait for them to break in, identify themselves, and then say, oh, my bad, I thought you were somebody breaking in my house, which technically they were. They break into you, they're breaking down your door. You're going to shoot first because you're scared for your life. I don't know this man, her boyfriend, whether he was a drug trafficker or whatever, but at the same time, you have an innocent person that was killed and nobody wants to answer that. Nobody wants to answer to whatever. Now, mind you, if you pay attention to anything that happened this well, this is not the first time. This happened in Detroit where a little girl was killed, was shot in her home along the same line. This was a no, not warning. Come to find out they had the wrong house. Once again, if you feel like there is something that's not that is whatever, whatever the situation, do some research. How many times these no-knock warrants are at the wrong addresses? And can't say it don't never happen because it does. It's just not reported as much, but it happens. But this happened long before Breonna Taylor. And make it so bad it was part of a TV documentary like Cops or whatever where there's footage of the cops shooting this little girl and you can't tell me in this whole wide world that this little girl in her house in her nighty or whatever or in her pajamas posed a threat to this grown ass man with a gun so then we come up to this most recent issue where Yes, it was a domestic violence issue where dude probably didn't have no business being there. Let's call it like it is. Because the police were called there for a reason. 
But please enlighten me. If the man was being grabbed by his shirt and he had his hand on the door, what possible threat did he pose you? You can say, well, he was reaching for a gun, this, that, and the other. Okay. There was no gun found. But still, and his kids were in the car. So that that's okay, though. Even if he had a criminal background, that's okay for this man to get shot seven times in the back and be paralyzed. And now I move into the crim, the, the, crim, the, the exciting part of this. I wouldn't say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean exciting. It's just, it's weird when I sit here and look at this man was reaching for his door and got shot seven times. Whereas a young man, 17 years old, carrying a gun that he was not legally allowed to carry into another state, open carrying a weapon that he was not legally allowed to own. His mom drove him to, across state lines. Like I said, I'm no PhD, but I would think that would be like a federal crime. But needless to say, this man ended up shooting three people, killing two of them. And people want to say, well, he was doing it in self-defense. Well, the reports say that he had already shot somebody at the gas station that he was quote-unquote protecting, which was not his property whatsoever. He had no right to be there. Once again, that's why we have law enforcement. Is that right? I mean, never wrong, wrong. But, he was at the gas station, quote-unquote protecting the property, shot somebody there, while they chased him down, yes, they beat him, they beat him with a damn skateboard. He caught back with that AR-15 and shot two people there. The most damning thing that I can say about this was that this man, young man, walked away with his hands up and the police did not say not one damn thing to him. And the people behind him are screaming screaming that hey this man just he just shot two people he just shot two people and they let him walk off and nobody's talking about that though except for people who've you know Nobody's talking about that. Everybody's going to talk about, you know, well, he was out here protecting property and this, that, and the other. But nobody wants to say that this man walked past the police in armored vehicles, three or four of them deep, with a weapon slang around his shoulders. And nobody said, hey, let me stop you just for questioning. Even if he didn't have anything to do with it, they rolled right past in the armored vehicles. Now, the issue I have with this is that me being an African-American male, a lawfully gun-owning African-American male, which, you know what, I have a whole nother episode, I'm going to speak about concealed weapons on another date and time, but 
just kind of touching base on I have a concealed carry permit for the state of South Carolina. I own an AR-15. I own several other guns. So I know for a fact that if that was me walking down that street with that rifle slung across my damn chest, they would have stopped me. That is the issue that we're, we're so mad about. You people that want to sit here, oh, he was a, he was downright criminal and this, and he was protecting himself, and they were being understand this. There's a certain part of the population that can sit here and protest with their loaded guns, their knives, their handguns, and nobody will say a word. And we've seen this in North Dakota. They were mad because they were upset because they had to wear a mask or had to stay in the house, whatever the case may be. They let these people arm people into a government building, whether it was federal or state, it was a government building. Scream, yell, protest. Tell me right now what the fuck guns had to do with being in quarantine. Tell me, give me a good ass reason why you had to protest with your weapons to protest quarantine. If you want to protest quarantine, people have been doing it all over the world without a gun. But tell me reasonably, like I said, I'm open for debate, I'm open for discussion. But please explain to me why you had to carry guns to this government building to press being under quarantine. And knowing damn well if that was me or any other part of the population that is not white, I'm gonna call it like it is, we would have been stopped, frisked, searched, detained, guns taken. All because we are expressing our First Amendment right, which I bring it back again. I'm speaking from a father and a brother of two great men in my life that have served this country, have sacrificed their families to serve this country, and cannot be afforded the same protections that they fight for. Let's see if we can take that a little bit further, y'all. African Americans have fought in every freaking war this country has ever faced and we have never been able to get the same rights and protections as everybody else the majority white people I'm gonna call it like it is so to those people who who are veterans who have faced terrorism faced the unjust of the world and you still believe Black Lives are a terrorist organization, I need you to re-ask yourself that same question is this right? But you cannot sit here and tell me that the killing of these people, whether they're criminals, not criminals, or the media's hyped it out, whatever the case may be, you can't sit here with a straight face and say, oh, well, it's okay, well, we don't know the whole story. Our experience as African-American people have been our teacher. Since we were forcibly brought over here, we have been treated like property and second-class citizens. You tell us to protest, but don't protest. 
You can get, you can say something. You can, well, let's do it like Martin Martin Luther King. Oh, he was great, but understand this. Martin Luther King had an FBI dossier done on him. He was a threat to America, according to J. Edgar Hoover. So was Malcolm X. So what a lot of our civil rights users, so many of them were a threat to America, surveilled by the government for doing the same thing that now you're saying, oh, we should do. Protest peacefully. Think about this. In this day and age, Martin Luther King would be a terrorist organization. Think about that. Because Black, Black Lives Matter are doing the same thing. They're just protesting. So, it's Martin Luther King who has his statue um, which took forever, y'all. Let's just be honest. Um, in Washington, D.C., at a crowning moment of civil rights. And today's climate, y'all probably want to tear his, tear his statue down, too. But I'm going to end this out at saying America. Why do you hate us? Why? What do we do to y'all to make us make you hate us? You love our culture. You love our music. You love how we wear our hair. You want to touch it. You want to you want to copy it. You want to copy our clothes. You want to copy our music. You want everything from us. But when we ask for the same rights as you, you buckle. You don't want to give it to us. Why do y'all hate us? That's all I got, y'all. Steve Money, D9, Direct, another episode of Straight Talk, No, no Chasers. Why you hate us, man? That's all I got.